0: Okay, beautiful. Welcome to Peace On, which is your source for inspiring conversations and information from thought leaders across the spectrum on topics related to the strategies of building peace, fostering nonviolence, and creating a world that thrives, shifting our understanding towards empathy, compassion, and connection. I wanna thank you for joining us today I'm Liz gannon Graydon, and I'm the board chair for the Peace Alliance, and joining me, those of you who are regulars, will see uh, Terry Mason's space in the call, and Yelena Popovich, uh, who uh, Terry is is on our board, and Yelena is our teaching peace and schools lead. Uh, we hope that this inspires you to engage in a dialogue for your larger community. Peace and Peace On is brought to you by the Peace Alliance, which is found at peacealliance.org. Our intention in our gatherings is to create a space that is welcome to all for listening, learning, and open conversation. And so we ask that as you open the room, we enter with the following community agreements. Be real, engaged, and curious. Be fully present to listen, create space for learning, honor all points of view, acknowledge any discomfort, and allow room for healing. We will do our best to address microaggressions and marginalizing language. To that end, we ask that everyone act with empathy, compassion, and a desire for connection. So if anyone had, those are the community agreements which we're entering this morning. And if anyone has any questions, uh we can ask if you want to assent by just kind of giving a thumb up thumbs up that you understand the community agreements uh and if anyone would like a clarification we can do that as well so our special guest today is RJ Jennings who is also on our board and RJ if you want to just introduce yourself and then Yelena will do our opening meditation
1: Morning, all. I'm R.J. Jennings. Is Liz Minton on on the board? I live here in Northern California, here on um, on the Ohlone land, here in south of uh, San Francisco. And you know, probably a lot of things to say, but I work mostly as a, an executive coach and facilitator. Um, but just feel that I'm in community when when I'm with with the group here. So just appreciate. Your being here and and available to hear a story
2: okay thank
0: you rj elena would you like to do the opening meditation
3: yeah welcome everyone um, yeah good morning good afternoon good evening if you're listening to this on a podcast whatever time it is for you i welcome you to this moment and with that, I would love to invite us into a practice of stop slow. Um, and I will guide you through that. It's The practice itself is just the acronym, stop and slow, but it is really to stop and slow down. So as a first step, just stop what you're doing, and perhaps connect to your seat, to the earth. And just to this moment, you're welcome to close your eyes or have your eyes open, just gently um, gazing down. And yeah, just take
2: a moment to stop. Take a moment to pause. Take a breath. As you take a breath, observe what's happening, any sensations in your body. any emotions that are arising
3: and perhaps your mind is still racing with thoughts whatever it is just take a moment and
2: observe just And then proceed. But proceed with kindness. Just allow
3: whatever you have observed to offer gentle kindness. Yes, I see if there is a tension.
2: Yes, I noticed the tension.
3: That's sending some. Deep breaths to it and kindness to it. And then perhaps softening.
2: A part of the slow is just to soften. Soften your jaw. Sometimes we carry tension in our jaw. So maybe just unclench. Soften your jaw. Soften the space between your eyes. over your shoulders. Uh, Just perhaps even deeper open your breath. the last word and slow stop invite you. with it, opening your breath to invite some, and to invite some wiggling in your toes and your fingers. As you, um, and allow swaying perhaps, and as you come back, this community to yeah, to be slow and steady and to listen to our story, to RJ's story. Thank you all. Welcome, RJ. Thank you, (sighs) Yelena. I needed that. Thank you. So,
1: I, just a little background and, you know, part of what I do in in my work is I tell stories and I always thought I had stories figured out and some great stories I shared and I took a course on storytelling. And what i found is that it opened up this journey opened up a lot of deep connection to things that i wasn't even aware of or had had probably blocked and put away and and the story helped open up op, op, helped open up things within me so things that I'll, I'll share with you um and being a part of the peace alliance i think that these times together where we are either in story or conversation, that they're important, that they are part of the journey toward peace, toward nonviolence. Toward... And so what I ask of you is to listen to the story from a sense of, of what we need, what we can do as a community to ensure that our children have what they need. And sometimes that might be role models, sometimes it might be to be able to be with family. Um, some of it is equity. How do we support single parents who raise children and, and feel overwhelmed? And 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 I think that part of that journey of peace and nonviolence has to do, and and recently we we heard this in the Martin Luther King Institute, the King Institute. non-violence 365, that poverty, that homelessness, that all of these elements are a part of violence. And so how do we actually take a look at at this? Um, And the things that happen, especially as I've lived in the Black culture, you know, stems from slavery, that the sense of not being with family. And so basically what I'm asking is, To look at this from that sense of what do we need to do as a community to support these children and families to ensure they're together and they have what they need so. (sighs) So
2: My story is the
1: answer lives within. Even at a young a very young age, I knew my future as a black male on the south side of Chicago was limited limited to alcohol, drugs, gangs, Black-on-Black violence, not to mention the visit by Chicago's finest and most corrupt. In prison, that too was an option. It was bad enough facing the truth outside on the block or the nuns picking me up by my ear, making it bleed, informing me that I would never amount to nothing. Didn't she mean anything? I earned a rap on my knuckles <clears throat> with her ruler for that comment. What was clearly missing was a positive black male image. On TV, black men always made the news which would haunt me in the future. And I, had, <clears throat> and I had the reminder at home of how useless black men are. Words from my mother directed at my absent father, but in my mind representing all black men made looking in the mirror revolting. If my mom hated us, me, then so shall I. They say <clears throat> we're born searching for safety, belonging, and dignity. How could I strike out on all three? Yet I knew deep down she loved me, yet the messages were loud, deafening, and replayed over and over in my head. No good for nothing was what played in my head about us. It was a summer I was nine, maybe 10, I could have been eight. James Foster, my, my older cousin, came to stay with us before heading off to school. I felt he took me everywhere. It was a dream. They say you truly learn a word when you live it. The phrase positive role model. And this was a positive role model. My previous journey with black men included the liquor store, bar, sitting outside at some do- someone's door while I waited and was taunted by passerbys. This was James heading off to college in the fall. And what was college anyway? Why was it so important? He was smart in asking me questions. Isn't the rule children are to be seen, and not heard? What do you want to be when you grow up? I laughed and was afraid to tell the truth, which was drugs or alcohol, maybe prison. That all seemed popular with the fear that my mom might be close by if I said it, and I might get a backhand. Yet, he kept after me over and over. Finally, I said to myself, I'll play along. I want to be one of those guys who wear suit and tie, who fly around different places. Oh yeah, you got to be white. Yet, I'll play along. James said, now that's a good start. And we spent the summer refining it. With the undertow, of how higher education was important, whatever. There were two things I always asked for. I asked asked for a sister, my mom said no. I asked for a brother, my mom said no. Now I have a third. I asked for a chance to go to college, no said history and society in my mind. Culturally, they, we would say it was a prayer, a call to God to fulfill on these requests the christianity that the slave owners sold us on literally sold us by my standard today i call it a declaration and be it religion the universe energy or combination this summer journey with james set my life on a new trajectory new life in motion as did my mom a brave black woman during the great migration and how i began how i now began my own migration My mom sent me to Massachusetts to live with her sister, her husband, and my cousins. After all, if black males are good for nothing, then why keep them around? At best, that's the story I told myself. Yet I had a declaration, a vision of what I could see possible in the future and practices to help create a new shape needed for this scared black kid for what would be needed for him to move into and reshape the world. We lived in an all white neighborhood which made watching the news and seeing my skin color on the wrong side of the law that much more difficult. I, we, ourselves are worthless. What must must they see? Although embarrassed, I returned to school every day, head down. I was angry. I fought kids, white kids every day even older kids. I didn't care if I got beat up. My uncle, soon to be called dad, was involved in the civil rights movement, often invited me to, you don't have to leave with your jaw all the time. Whatever that meant. How can you fight if you aren't willing to leave with your jaw? In fact, for a while, someone would drive by our house at night and throw their trash in our yard. I wanted to stay up and track them and return the favor. He said, what do you say we get up in the morning, clean our yard, and go about our day? Wow, what kind of role model is that? Well, years from now, when I studied the spiritual martial art, I could tell that that train of thought, that that martial art lived in our, our culture and, and kept us safe. I say, because of my declaration, I now have a brother, and more importantly, I have a sister. Wow, oh, a sister. So 25 years later... An aunt would laugh and tell me that I would drag her around like my very own doll. She said it was obvious how much you loved her. The other good news, people didn't ask if you wanted to go to college. They asked what college I wanted to go to. What do you want to be? Imagine how confused the black boy who who would amount to nothing might be. I had a troubled seventh grade. And to my surprise, my parents insisted I repeat the grade. And since I had detention every day that first year, they promised to give me detention at home if I didn't change. They urged me to find new friends. One of those urgings that left little choice. It was the best thing that could happen to me. For someone to come to school, show up that I was was worth the time, that someone had higher expectations of me. The feeling of letting them down was worse than any beating I received. I used to receive in Chicago. With new friends, I saw different activities. I learned to fight only kids who visited our school to take our lunch money. And that level of aggression was welcomed by most. I started to sing in the church choir, school, glee club, Boy Scouts, and then embarked on class office. I was class president from ninth through 12th grade. <clears throat> the few other Black faces in the school were mostly my cousins and a few local friends during those years of class officer my father would would tease me and suggest I focus on my studies be more like your brother who was a bookworm on graduation day I stood with a host of white prominent names in the city and I gave a speech was this the black boy from south side of Chicago when I got home my father came right over hugged and kissed me I could feel his five o'clock shadow at 1 p.m. This was an emotion I didn't know how to handle. Is Is this being seen? I went to my room, sat on the floor, and cried. We didn't have the language of love, yet I knew we shared it, and to feel it for real was overwhelming. I looked in the mirror and saw a smile, felt the pride, and knew that my cousin had propelled me on a journey to believe in myself, to find... Pride in the skin that was gifted me. that I always had safety, belonging, and dignity. My great migration journey through higher education, although a struggle, led me to the West Coast where I created a job position at Yosemite Park and Curry Company. I designed and developed a diverse recruiting program, which included historically by college and universities, Hispanic College, College for the Deaf. I wore that suit and flew around the country recruiting and later the same in a much bigger territory for Apple Computer and a host of other companies. A black boy from the south side of Chicago visited more countries than he cares to count. I can't imagine what the world is missing by not having more visible role models in this world. We have the power and responsibility to declare. As I cared for an aging mother who still elected to say very, very little, I am left with the question, no realization, Did she hate me and what I represented to her? Or did she love me enough to send me away to save my life and give me a chance? Amazing. I know she always loved me in her own hard knocks way. And I can't imagine what it felt like to let go of someone you love so dearly. I know this in my heart. She was the powerhouse, a black woman finding her way in the white world that was not receptive. When it gets tough, I can feel her at my back. I believe that a rest of development is where we are stuck at a station in our life. And until we learn our lesson, energetically, we live there. My mom, until her passing, always spoke to me as if I was nine years old. It was as if she was stuck at a station when she sent me away. I was and at peace with her. And thankfully, she had a village to guide me. I will remember kissing her on the forehead and realizing that I recall this form of affection from her. Now I share this with my son and daughter with a promise to always hug, kiss, and talk to them and to use the language of love. Thank you, Kat, my mom, for the strength and vision to let me go.
2: RJ, I, um, I just want to
4: thank you for your story. I want to thank you for your willingness to share your story. Um, and I know we're all holding it in our hearts. This is the point in the call where we head into breakout rooms
0: and we usually craft an inquiry and Yellen and I worked a long time on this one
4: because the story is so complete. The story is so powerful.
0: And we thought long and hard about how we wanted to invite you to hold RJ's story. And what came up for me is the power when RJ talks about the declaration he made for himself. And then later in your story, when you you talk about uh, the community and the phrase that came up for me was the importance, you know, when you said how many people uh, don't get to become fully who they are because of that lack of even a role model, a community that lifts them. And the phrase that came up for me was the importance of a community to preserve the potential of each and every one of us, right? That idea of preserving potential. So in a minute, Yelena is going to invite us into breakout rooms. And, And what I invite you to hold in this moment is to hold very tenderly
4: the RJ that was born into the world, nine-year-old RJ, and RJ who we see now.
0: And to think about in our rooms, how we as a, as individuals, but also as a community, can make a declaration of who we want to and can be to one another as a community. What kind of declaration would we like to make about what we need to be or become to preserve the potential of each and every one of us. Uh, I hope that's a clear enough
4: inquiry. And so in a
0: minute, uh, we're gonna go into breakout rooms. Our agreements as we enter the breakout rooms are to listen with your heart, to say just enough so that others have an opportunity to share, And when we come back together, you may share generally what came up in the room and you can share your own story. But we ask that you keep the confidentiality if anyone shared particulars of their story. We're going to be in the breakout rooms for a while. And when we come back together, we can see what comes up for people who are willing to share what came up in their room. So. Yelena is going we're going to, Yelena is going to set up the breakout rooms and the goal is to have uh about three people in the room so you'll get something up on your screen that tells you to invite you to a room but sometimes the rooms are uneven so if you get a second invitation we ask you to take it as Terry said it's going to be a good one so uh we're going to go into the breakout rooms I, you'll have about 20 minutes in the rooms and then we'll come back together as a group and there'll be a three minute signal when the rooms are getting ready to close. So thank you RJ and I invite you all to sit in community with one another in the small groups.
4: Welcome back. Welcome back everyone. So I'm wondering if there's
2: anyone who wanted to share what came up in the room. Rob?
5: Hi, uh, RJ, I just wanted to really thank you for your story. um we we don't have dissimilar stories, so I was able to identify quite a bit with it. Um, I understood I understand the concept of choosing, making a choice of um, staying where you are or moving forward somewhere else. I, uh, I had a cousin also that was very inspirational to me growing up that gave me the choice of understanding that there's a world beyond the world that I had. Um, he was a, uh, a gay man who showed me, like, tons of wonderful things, like, would take me out to Christopher street and take me to all these great bakeries or these awesome bookstores. And I always say that, um, I freaked my parents out because I, when I was little, I thought that's what gay was, was going to great bakeries and going to a bookstore. And so I would tell, I tell my mom and dad, like, I want to be gay. Like my cousin Francis. Um, So, um, you know, but, uh, you know, but it, it was, um, it it was uh, an inspiration to me because, uh, when I, um, was 11 he left and never came back primarily because he was gay because you know as progressive as i felt my family was because we came from a family of artists we were fairly educated we came from jamaica most of my family is either indian black or chinese believe it or not um there was still a marginalization for someone who was gay and so and literally the next time i saw him after after being 12 years old was at my mother's wake uh probably 10 or 15 years ago so you know i, I essentially and I, I haven't seen him since he was there very briefly just to pay his respects and he left um so i i i was able as you were talking i identified quite a bit with what you were saying and i wanted to and i don't think i ever would have even brought it, that up that story up in the chat room, had it not been for your inspiration. So I I just wanted to simply say thank you.
1: Thank you, Rob. Thank you.
2: Anyone else you can
4: yeah,
0: unmute yourself? Yeah. May
3: I ask a question? Sure. Sure. Archie, I was wondering: does your cousin and your uncle and that you know that entire family that took you in and saw this change in you do they are they aware of how you feel about what they did for you and do they know how you just spoke so lovingly of them with us
1: I hope so I I, I feel that the person who became my father you know we we're family and we break you know we he, my father's no longer alive but you know we were always in community with each other and loving and so mm-hmm. i think it, that was there my cousin i i try to tell him and i i think he sort of denies it because you know he's just that kind of guy he he doesn't mm-hmm. want to take the credit but uh but I, you know i let him know whenever i can that, and i tell his children so i hope he does yeah. thank oh. you for that question
4: did we lose Annette?
0: it i think so oh, oh. my um it, do, is there someone else who would like to share?
6: No, I'll share. I, um, RJ, it Thank was you. so high. Um, I guess I want to say I'm so honored to hear your story because, you know, I came in knowing you at a certain level with coaching and all the way we met. And now you're on the board. and um, And I don't think I ever really heard I certainly didn't hear the story I heard today. and um it makes me very honored and very humbled, and I appreciate your willingness to share and your willingness as a person, which i this quality I do know well, to uh, look newly and it appears to you we had that ability at a young age to look at possibilities, even in spite of your circumstances. so it's just an honor to hear your story in more detail and to know you and to think about. We were in our group sharing about, well, I shared about thinking about rippling out. Rob brought up rippling out, you know, that we can make a contribution and we. And what a contribution you have made in your life. It's an honor to know you. So thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Judy.
6: Yeah.
1: Always good to see you.
6: And it's always good to see you. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think we have time for one more reflection,
2: if anyone wants to share. Uh-huh. Uh, I
3: guess I can just, <laughs> just say uh, th- thank you so much. We have two. <laughs> I?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah,
3: I said yeah. we we'll have time for two. Okay, just thank you for sharing that story and um, making us reflect on our own childhood and what we are to our children. And um, for me, the conversation ended up with what kind of ancestors do we wanna be? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That that RJ had some amazing role models and his mom went through some times and Mm -hmm. I think we all do, and you know, what about all of this? Do we want to teach our children?
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Carolyn, did you want to add something? I can't hear you.
7: I just wanted to echo my thank you and to uh, also say, you know, when we share our stories, you know, and RJ mentioned storytelling in the beginning, and that's part of what we do, who we are here. It just opens the heart to new understanding and new awarenesses that we probably have kept hidden inside or suppressed even that we didn't even realize. Um, not just from the person who's telling the story, but those who are hearing. So the hearers of the story and to awaken new uh, possibilities and opportunities. And to think about the choices that we made in the moment um, are probably, uh, you know, choices that we didn't realize we had another option to make Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's wonderful to visit those stories, um, and, and listen to the wisdom of someone else's, it could be struggles or triumphs or, you know, difficulties to know that they're here now and they're telling the story. So they've come, they've overcome and Mm -hmm. we all can overcome um. in how we choose to show up and be a light to others in those difficult moments. So I appreciate all of the shares on all of the stories. And RJ, thank you again for sharing yours. You.
0: RJ, before we close the call, did you have any final words or anything you'd like to share?
2: Well, one, I just want to
1: thank Carolyn, Nancy, and our, our group together. And, and the, um, I think it was a move to be light in our first part of our conversation, which helped settle me down. And I just appreciate your thoughts and insights and, and willingness to, to share, um, to just, um, you know, thank you to all of you for, making it safe for me to say this out loud because i haven't shared it with that many people you know sort of my close network one-on-one but to begin to say this to a group was uh intimidating <laughs> to say the least and so to just to be held here and um you know i met with with liz and yana and terry the other day and i after speaking with them, I just knew it was a safe place to be. So it was nice to to be in community with you. And thanks for your insights and for meeting some new people. This is beautiful. Good to meet you, Rob and Carolyn. And that was good uh, to to start to expand our network. So thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you. And I'm, I'm gonna do what Terry usually does to close the call and I'll sure. Uh, yellen is going to put some links in the chat uh, you know at the peace alliance we have a mission to educate advocate and mobilize to transform systems exactly what you know and create public policy towards the culture of peace uh there's a link to the peace on podcasts where this will be and it, those of you who are on to know how impactful it is if you want to maybe share rj's story with your network there's information about our hope story circles and our blueprint for peace, which is a major initiative to make peace and nonviolence an effective organizing principle at the federal, state, and local levels. Ooh. There's, as Nancy, you know, uh, works so hard, Nancy is our person who works on the uh, Department of Peace Building legislation very specifically, so there's a link to that. And uh, if you, if you or people you know, we are a small nonprofit. if anyone uh, has the ability to donate or knows someone who has the ability to donate to help support our organization. So we can continue to do this work. We appreciate it. And then there's the calendar events. If you want to see what else we have going on. So RJ, I usually kind of send everyone out with some kind of mission or words, but I think I just want to offer gratitude. And, um, and also I, I a point of personal <laughs> Uh, I, I just want to thank Rob for showing up uh, because I just <laughs> I knew that he would appreciate your story. And um, and this is this is a kind of these are conversations we've had, and I'm so proud of the man he has become. And I I do know that the fastest way to change the world is to change the stories we tell and being brave enough to tell our stories, I think, is a really powerful way to shift to the culture of peace we're all trying to create here. So I'm just grateful for you. And as everyone else said, I'm honored to call you friend. Mm-hmm. So we, we will be here. Uh, our next call, um, I believe it's Crystal. Crystal was on here. She had to drop off because she was in a loud space, so she couldn't go into the rooms. But she is an upcoming speaker, and Terry could probably say, I think she's our next speaker. So if you want to return for that one. So thank you, everybody. I hope that you have a beautiful weekend and we always so appreciate your showing up. Take care, everybody. If you want to, if anyone's still on mute and you want to take yourself off to just say goodbye to everybody.
3: Thank you all. Enjoy the weekend.
5: Goodbye. And thank you again.
3: Have a great day. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for sharing. Bye-bye. So,
0: Thank you for... Thank you for joining us today at Peace On. We hope it inspires you to engage in dialogue in your larger community. Peace On is brought to you by the Peace Alliance, found at
4: peacealliance.org.